Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Arsenal Cannon Podcast Experience. I am joined once again by Sir Alfie Coleshaw. Welcome back, Alfie. Hi, how are you doing, Daniel? I'm good, man. Thanks for asking. Um, so, today we're going to talk about, we're going to do a little bit different of a show today. Usually we just do a post-game analysis along with the pre-game analysis, but today we're going to do, we're going to look back at that Blackpool game, give just, just briefly though, give some players some ratings, and then we're actually going to go into some transfer speculation around yep. the club. Exciting. <clears throat> yeah, exciting stuff, man. So far, we've mm. spent a grand total of nothing. Yeah. Well, but what a surprise. Yeah, exactly. What a surprise. That never <laughs> happens. We're usually such big spenders. Exactly. Now. Yeah. Well, we'll get into that a little bit later. And then we're also going to get into a little bit of a controversial topic. Alfie messaged yep. me. He said, make sure you talk about this, Daniel. Yep. We're going to talk about the AFTV fan unrightfully, in my opinion, ridiculing yep. Joe Willick, but we'll get into that a little bit later. But yep. right now, let's talk about the uh, the 3-0 romp at the empty oh. Blackpool Stadium. <laughs> yeah. Good for it, you. Yeah, it, it was a bit surreal, really, the, just the atmosphere. Yeah, really. I think, uh, I think it was Lee Judges who said it on AFTV. Just, well, he said the atmosphere seemed a bit surreal, just the fact that it was away get, an away game, but basically what three quarters of the stadium was full of Arsenal fans um but yeah in terms of the game it was pretty much a walk in the park I mean I think that's sort of what we expected from Blackpool but it was a professional solid performance nice to see some youngsters do quite well and yeah I don't know what you thought of the game but I I enjoyed it personally it wasn't a great game but I enjoyed just watching the youngsters flourish I I did I enjoyed watching the youngsters what I did not enjoy was the flow of the game. It was very – it was just a typical, you know. Yeah. One of, one of those typical games. Like, you remember when we played against Sutton United a couple yeah. seasons ago? It was it's similar. Very that, I, I like I like games like that, though. It's like seeing an underdog, you know, trying to beat a big team. And that Sutton game in particular, the atmosphere was incredible there. I mean, it's a tiny stadium, little AstroTurf pitch. Uh and yeah, that that was quite surreal to me as well. It, yeah, that is uh, that is the one really cool thing about the FA Cup, especially yeah. in the early stages. And then and then it gives young players like Joe Willock, like mm. Eddie and Ketia, a chance when they're probably not going to get one in the league, considering how uh, you know. I mean, I know we need yeah, a lot yeah. of transfers to come in. We need a lot of new players in our squad. But let's yeah. face it; I mean, we have a pretty good squad. You know, yeah. that's that's why they can't get into it. So. It it is nice and and it was nice to see all three of our goals actually came from Arsenal Youth Academy yeah. players. So that was really nice to see. Well, what you're saying just then about the FA Cup, my dad's actually played in the FA Cup. What? Um, really? Yeah. Well, one of the pr- very pre preliminary rounds, you know, probably the first qualifying round or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he was a substitute. He came on quite late. Played out position. He was a right winger. Played at right back for about five minutes. But yeah, he was just filling in. But it was like a, a tenth or eleventh division side. Dude, First go, qualifying man. round or something. So yeah, that just shows the magic of the FA Cup. Obviously, there was a lot of That's debate awesome. around this weekend. You know about the state of the FA Cup. Are are big teams taking it lightly? I actually think when 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 people say people are disrespecting the cup, um, 
in terms of playing, you know, weaker teams. I, I, I don't see it as disrespecting the trophy when you're playing a weaker team. When, you, know, you know, if you're, if you're Manchester United and you're playing fucking Reading at home, you don't need to play as strong a team as you would if you were playing Man City at home. That's quite obvious. I don't think you're disrespecting it when you're playing a weaker team. You might as well rest players in a game because their second team is, is expected to beat. It's the same with Arsenal playing Blackpool, the same as Spurs playing Tranmere. You're expected to beat that team whether you're playing your first team or your second team. So you might as well play your second team and rest them. I don't think that's disrespecting. That's just my sort of mini rant about people saying that. But I still yeah, think I, it's a brilliant yeah, competition. I, I agree. I think it's it's probably more disrespectful to play your first team. I mean, did you see what City did exactly. to that team in the FA Cup? Yeah. Beat them 7-0? That's disrespectful. Yeah. yeah. And Spurs did that. Yeah, well, typical, right? Mm. <sighs> but, I mean, all the big boys got through this round of the FA Cup. It is still really yeah. great stages, though. There's, I mean, Leicester got knocked out, though, by – who was it? Newport Town. Newport, Newport County. Yeah. I actually – my auntie, uh, she knows the owners of Newport County. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, because she, uh, she was born near Newport and grew up in Newport in Wales, actually. Um, and she was friend. Well, she had obviously her friends won the lottery, the uh, Euro lottery. So they won something like 160 million. It might have been a friend of a friend. And then they bought Newport County because that was their boyhood club. So, what? Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. I know. There yeah. you go, man. You got the connections. We got the connections. Exactly. On this well, they, they probably that. never would have, have beaten Leicester if they hadn't had this investment because they were in like the seventh division. Now they're in League Two. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. They them, might have been relegated to the conference, but still. Nonetheless, still making making their way uptown, man. Mm. Fair enough. Well, our game was our game went pretty swimming. Oh, also, what do you make of that? What do you make of the protesting from the Blackpool fans about the owner? Uh, I understand it. I don't know the full the full reasons behind what the that. owner's done. Um, I don't know if it's just a lack of uh investment like our owner, or it's something worse like just treating the club poorly. You know, really high ticket prices. But I definitely completely understand it. Um, you know, you've got to do what you got to do. Uh, people were suggesting that we should do the same sort of thing. Not gonna happen. Too big of a club. yeah. It's too big a club. You can't. You, Arsenal will never ever. You're never going to see the Emirates below forty five thousand for no, pretty much any happen. game. Never going to. There's just too big a club. If fans don't go, other fans will come. Exactly. Tourists will come. You know, it's just it's never going to happen. And even if it did, even if it dropped to thirty thousand, that doesn't have that big an effect on the income of the owner. So no. I don't think it yeah. really. Yeah, I don't see that as an option for us. But for a club like Blackpool. It's definitely, I understand that, and that's what they've got to do for, for a change to happen. Yeah, man, fair play to them. I heard they've been doing it for about four years, mm. according to AFTV. So, yeah, yeah, I think it was around when they got relegated from the Premier League. And fair play to them, man, because I know that that's obviously very difficult to not go see your favorite football team go and play. If you, yeah, especially if you live four years. very close to the stadium. Yeah, so fair mm. play to them, especially when they're going to play against Arsenal. Yeah, a massive club. So, well, I think they might have they might have had more fans at the Emirates for our game against them in October than they had at home yesterday. That might be wrong, but I think so. If that's the case, that is fucking insane. Yeah. Wow. Well, good for them. Stick to their guns because if they do, he's gonna leave. You know. Yeah. 
because he's most let's have it right most football owners don't give a shit about football yeah it's, it's egotistical they they yeah and they want money and if, i yeah, think there there are definitely quite a few examples of owners who do but a lot don't and a yeah. lot to sabotage the club for their own personal gain yeah i would say the vast majority probably don't especially you saw him. He looks like a villain in like a James Bond movie. He does not give a crap about. Yeah, Bond you Wars. saw that guy sitting. In the... But at least he turns up to games. I mean, true. you can't say That's that about Silent Stan, can you? No, you can't. Silent Stan never comes to games. Exactly. Even when, uh, even when we win trophies or anything, he's not usually there. It's like, yeah, I think he was there for one of the FA Cup finals recently, maybe two. But I don't think he was there for the last one when Wenger won it. No, yeah, he it's Chelsea. I yeah, I think I remember him being there for one of them. It might have been the Villa one. <sighs> yeah, we're up mm. shit creek, aren't we, with that? But we're going to get into that a little bit later. Uh, yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk Blackpool ratings. All right. Let's talk yeah. player ratings. I got the starting lineup here. I'm going to start this week. Petr yeah. Cech in goal. Um, obviously, he seems to have established himself as our cup keeper. Um, for yeah. for at least this season. Um, I thought. I, you know what I'll say about Czech? I thought his his distribution in the game, as many of us know, I, I'm sure he wasn't helped out by the pitch, yeah, by the poor conditions of the pitch, but his distribution wasn't great, and I, yeah, that, it that never is. is. Why. Yeah, it never is, and it's you can't mm. really you can't get too frustrated with him because he's been playing one way as a goalkeeper for his entire career. Yeah. He's 36 years old. You're not all of a sudden going to now teach him to play the ball out from the back. Exactly. So I would probably – other than that, though, he didn't really have to do anything. I mean, yeah. he made a few, like, catches and stuff like that. But mm. I'll probably give him just, like, a standard 6 out of 10 for check. Mm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, in terms of the general performance, uh, I would say it, it was pretty comfortable. The only thing I would say, there were a few moments where they looked to get in behind. Um, but, yeah. Shall I do Jenkinson? Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's move on to Jenkinson. Okay. Carl Jenkinson. I love the guy. Long-term <laughs> servant of the club. I don't know if you saw the video of him getting chanted at whatever you want to say at the end of the game where he was going over and they were chanting Carl Jenkinson's a gooner. Uh, and it was quite a nice moment for him. Yeah, because he's he obviously he's had to come through a bit of adversity in the last few years. Um mm-hmm getting quite a few injuries. Uh, when he came into the side a couple of years ago, he was quite poor. He got a lot of criticism. But I think generally when he's come in this season, he's done pretty well. He's back in his normal position at right back today. I mean, not today, a couple of days ago. And I thought he played quite well. Uh, I don't think he was really tested. Some of his one-on-one defending wasn't great, but he got forward well. He's involved in that second goal. So I'd probably give him a standard six as well. Yeah, I could agree with that six. I thought I see. I think the thing with Jenkinson is, and this really just kind of because I, I don't think Lich, or I don't think Jenkinson is good enough for Arsenal. I've got to be honest. Yeah, but he's just it's sad. But he's better than Lichsteiner at this moment in time. He's just yeah, a better he is. option because he's, he's actually quicker. At least he, yeah, he at least he provides something. Yeah, he provides you with some width. He's pretty. He's okay going forward. You know, I mean, like mm. some of his crossing is quite good. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, with the system that Emery wants to play, I mean, I think he, we'd be better off playing with Jenkinson in games like these than Stefan Lichsteiner because, like you mm. said, you know, Blackpool was actually getting in behind 
on mm. a few occasions, and that's a lovely transition into who I'm giving a rating to, Stefan Lichtsteiner. <laughs> um, and I think that was partially to the fault of Stefan Lichtsteiner. I thought he didn't have a great game. Yeah, I don't I think agree. he was. I don't think he was bad, but I don't think he had a great game. He was letting you know. Yeah, worse than the back four. Exactly. Yeah. Again, though, and again, I mean, that's, yeah. that's kind of becoming a, a commonality for him to be rated as the worst in the back four. And yeah, I'd probably give Lichtsteiner. Uh, I'm not going to give him too harsh of a rating because we did keep a clean sheet at the end of the day. So I'd probably give mm. Lichtsteiner a five, five out of ten. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Socrates. Uh, Socrates. Um, it's it's difficult to rate defenders when they're not really tested. Uh, yeah, they were not. But I think in general, the, the thing they did offer was those long balls, those long throw-ins, that physicality. And in general, I thought Socrates dealt with it well. I don't know what commentators were you. Did you have English commentators? Uh, yeah, yep. Yeah, they they kept going on about how oh, we'd struggle with the aerial presence of that, that lanky striker they had, uh, yes. that French guy, Gnaldele. But um, in general, I thought we dealt with it pretty easily. I don't think they had many chances from long balls. I think their only chances came when they actually worked the ball quite nicely. So mm-hmm. I think Socrates was probably our best defender in general. Um, it's too, it's, you can't really rate him that highly because, again, it's Blackpool away and he wasn't tested that much. But I think he did pretty well with the physicality. There are a few times late in the second half where he chased back off the players when they had quite a lot of, uh, quite a few yards on him. So probably give him a seven, but that might be being a bit generous. Yeah, they, they, most of the defenders, all of the defensive players really didn't have much to do in this game. They did yeah. make a, like you said, you know, the only threat that they made was when on a few occasions they did actually play the ball well and get in behind. But yeah. other than that, defensive players did not really have to do much. So, yeah, I agree with that. Seven, I think he was the best defender, but can't really mm. go much higher than that, you know. Yeah. Uh, Kalashinak, I think it was he was all right. You know, he was yeah. he, he went forward well like we know he does. Um he's not good enough defensively. Simple facts, you know. I yeah. mean he he's I agree. His defensive positioning is abysmal. And he yeah. just gets caught out way too easily on way too mm. many occasions. But going forward, if we if you know, I, I think Kalashinak does have a role to play in the squad yeah. if we ever want to play with a back three. I think he's a really good option to play at wing back. Yeah, I'd agree. But playing as a standard fullback in a back four can't he can't play that position um mm-hmm. but in this game he did play that position and he wasn't really tested because mm. blackpool it's blackpool you know and um yeah all due respect but i'd probably give him a standard six out of ten went forward well uh didn't really have to do much defensively so six out of ten for me yeah um el neni el neni uh a player that has got quite a lot of criticism this season well not, not overly criticized but He's got a bit of criticism and he's hardly played and that's got to be a factor, you know, when you're not playing that much, you're not going to have that match sharpness. Uh, and yesterday I thought he was, he was, he actually had quite a good game. I saw him getting a bit of criticism even after yesterday. I don't think he can win, to be honest, Yeah. with some of the fans. But I I generally like El Nene. I think he's a good squad. A lot of people don't seem to like him. They don't see him as good enough. I would be looking to sell him that it sounds a bit like I'm going against myself there, but yeah, no, I like him, but I think he's not, he's not brilliant and he's always going to be a score player and you might as well 
get rid of him and you know use your younger players a bit more. Yeah, Maybe yeah, see Maitland Niles in there, Willock a bit more. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he would be a player that I'm looking to shift on, but not because I don't see him as good enough, but to give younger players more of an opportunity next season. And yesterday, I thought he did quite well. He's playing as the deepest midfielder, not a position that he's necessarily completely accustomed to. You know, he's not really a ball-winning midfielder. He's more of someone who will keep the ball quite well, quite neat and tidy, quite a lot of energy. Uh, Probably a seven, because I thought he kept the ball well. He did win the ball back quite a few times, and he sort of... He started quite a few of our attacks with some decent passes. So, yeah, I'll give El Nenny a seven. But again, maybe that's being a bit generous because it is well, Blackpool away. I don't think he was. I, I think he. I think he played well. I mean, yeah. he wasn't sloppy or anything like that. He he did what he had to do. He did his job in the midfield, like you said. Yeah. You know, he's keeping everything organized. Mm. I I think like like you were covering. You know, I mean, he's just one of those players that can't win. It doesn't matter how good of a performance he puts in. He's still yeah. going to be ridiculed from the fans because he's just one of those players that people mm. don't like. Yeah. So, I, I wouldn't say massively ridiculed, but people don't seem to give him credit because he doesn't do anything overly brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> well, but he is just, just a, like, a standard squad player, and I think he's a good option as yeah. a squad player. He's nothing more and nothing less than just a squad player. And people... Yeah. I, I do agree with you, though. I probably would sell him, but simple fact being, I'd probably only sell him because he's one of the few players that we would actually get any kind of money from. Yeah, that's true. We could probably get 10, 10 million. 10, maybe 12 million. I heard Lester yeah. are possibly interested. So, yeah. I mean, anything helps at this point. You know, we're, we have too many pl- too many players in the squad, so we probably should be looking to sell players yeah. like Elmany. And then, like and you to, said, yeah, we give yeah. players like Willock and Maitland-Niles a chance, so. Yeah, in their preferred positions, particularly Maitland Knowles. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, speaking of the devil, Joe Willick, I'm going to yeah. go ahead and give him his rating, and we'll go into that AFTV fan ridiculing Joe okay. Willick. Uh, a little, uh, we'll do that right after the player ratings. Okay. Um, Willick, I'll be honest with you, not just for the two goals, in my opinion, was man of the match. Yeah. Um, I thought he played really well on the night. Uh, for me – He's one of the youngsters that consistently proves himself. He pretty much always plays well when he's put into the squad, albeit he is put in relatively smaller games. But, you know, he's a young guy. He gets put into the squad in these smaller games, and he continues to perform, so fair play to him. And I think if he keeps performing like this, he's going to get a chance. So I probably give – I'll give Joe Willick a 9 out of 10. I think he was Mm. the man of the match. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think – when he first came into the team last season, he was playing sort of a deeper role. We thought he was maybe sort of a more of a ball-winning midfielder, sort of deeper midfielder. But this season, when he's played in the Checker Trade Trophy for the under-21s and just for the under-21s in general, then when he's come into the first team, he's been playing this more advanced role. And I think it suits him more. I think he is... Mm-hmm. He's, he's got a knack, well, as we've seen in recent, in recent games for us against Blackpool and against Forsklaw. He's got a knack for coming up with a goal now and getting into yeah. dangerous areas. And maybe, this is a, it's quite a big maybe, um, he could be a potential replacement for Aaron Ramsey in the future in that he seems to be a player who can come from deep and score goals from midfield. I think both his goals, the first one, like it was it was the type of goal you'd see a, a seasoned striker score, you know, in yeah, a dangerous right area. Time. Yeah, right place, right time reacted well to the ball hitting the bar, heads at home. The second goal, again, getting in, good run from deep, getting into the ball, getting into a danger zone. And he, he reacts 
better than the Blackpool defender at the back post again to stick it home. So I think really encouraging signs from Willock. Uh, yeah, I, I really like him. I think I think there's probably a bit of um, improvements in his physicality. He could probably get a bit bigger, a bit stronger, but yeah. to you know add to his power. But if he could do that, I think he could be a really good midfielder for us. Yeah, no, I actually kind of agree with what you were saying about Ramsey and and him being a possible replacement. I'm not exactly opposed to that because mm. I personally do really like when when Arsenal promote from within, you know. Yeah, and I think really everyone nice does. Think. Yeah, because, I mean, that's part of the reason that Arsenal have as many supporters as they do because they're one of the few big teams left, and mm. fo- not just English football, football in general, that still promote from within and don't go sign a $200 million play, you know, yeah. things like that. They they're still have – we need granted we need to do a little bit more of that but still have mm. you know we still have some tradition we still have some values so i wouldn't be opposed to that at all i agree with that yeah so yeah, uh uh aaron ramsey uh do you want me to do ramsey yeah okay uh fastly don't want to sell him but that's sort of another debate which we could talk about slightly later uh mm-hmm. I thought yesterday, obviously, we know how professional he's been, how he always comes into the side. He always works really hard. And yesterday, I thought, well, not yesterday, on Saturday, it was the same. You know, he was working really hard. I thought he put in a very professional performance uh, and was sort of the driving force for a lot of our attacks, particularly in the first half. You know, some of his forward passing, he played a brilliant ball inside the first couple of minutes to Maitland-Niles, who slid in uh, in Ketia. Yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was very good. It was the sort of Ramsey we like to see: very high energy, getting into the box, uh, and passing is generally very good. Technically, he's a brilliant player. So I'd probably give Ramsey an eight. I would agree with that. Yeah, and and, and it was also it was really upsetting, you know, to hear all the yeah. fans hearing we want you to stay and stuff like that. Because we yeah. all, I think it's fair to say the vast majority. Of Arsenal fans, I'd probably go as far to say eighty to ninety percent of Arsenal fans do really want Aaron Ramsey to stay. But yeah, I'd agree. Unfortunately, that's just kind of how our abysmal previous regime did yep. things. You know, they didn't they didn't sign him up quick enough. Exactly. He probably did want a little bit higher of wages than he does deserve, but so does every player. Does Ozil yeah. deserve three hundred fifty thousand pounds no. a week? No. And the fact of the matter is, Ramsey's a great player. He's a great player to even have on the bench because he can mm. change the game when he comes on. And he's a great player to play from the get-go. So Yeah. And I Club legend. Uh, I think, you know what? You know what I'm going to say about Aaron Ramsey? I think that mm. I don't, I'm not sure if I would classify him as a legend, but I do think that he is going to go down in, in Arsenal history as a yeah. good player for Arsenal. Because, two you know, yeah, two, two FA Cup goals. winning goals. Yeah. So fair play to him. And, and you know, like you said, he's been <clears throat> extremely professional. Mm. He knows he's going to Juventus. He knows he's going to link up with Cristiano Ronaldo, you know, and, <laughs> but, but, and he's still, but he's still as of right now, a hundred percent dedicated to the cause and fair mm. play to him for that. So, but yeah, I do agree. Eight out of 10, I think is a suitable mark for him. Mm. Um, Maitland Niles. I'm going to go ahead and do him. <clears throat> um, I, I, I really do prefer him in that central midfield position. Yeah, same. <clears throat> Haven't I, I seen know, it this season. No. And I know I know he plays well when he's out wide. I, I, I mean, I will say I prefer him on the wing rather than playing as a wing, as a wing back or a fullback or anything like that. But mm. I, th- I thought he played well. He uh, 
you know, he's quick. Let's let's have it right. He's quick. He was just, yeah. just very quick. Was getting in behind pretty well. Created mm. some chances in the game. I probably give I probably give Maitland Niles a seven out of ten. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, Alex Owobi. Uh it's a difficult one to say because uh he had some good moments, he had some bad moments, quite a lot of Alex Iwobi performances are like that. But I thought in general he was pretty good. I thought some of his there was a time in the second half where he went past about three players with ease. And that was the sort of uh, Alex Iwobi you want to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first half as well, he's he was at the heart of a lot of our attacks, you know, the second goal in particular. Uh brilliant ball from Jenkinson, and that's a really good run for Alex Iwobi to make. Something you you want to see more of, you know, he doesn't make that run in behind enough because he has got pace. He's not the quickest, but he has got pace. And he linked up well with Jenkinson and he created that second goal really. Yeah. And obviously got on the score sheet himself in the in the second half. And again, that's something we've talked about in recent weeks. We want to see more end product from him. And yesterday I I did think he was pretty good. Obviously we want to see it in bigger games than Blackpool away. But we have seen it on a number of occasions this season. I think he's a player that has improved massively under Unai Emery. Um, And a lot of fans need to realise that. I thought against Fulham, he got a lot of criticism, but in the first half, he was our best player. So I'll I'll give uh, Alex Iwobi an eight. That might be a bit generous again. I actually agree with that. Now, Mm. now I will say that I am a little bit biased. You know me. I'm the first guy to jump to Iwobi's defence. Yeah. I do really like him as a player. You know, he's... I, I think he's a perfect player for Arsenal's future, if I'm being completely honest with you, because yeah. he's extreme. He not, he's not extremely quick. Like you said, he's not extremely quick, but I'll tell mm. you what, that kid's pretty strong. Yeah. He's, he's, he's big as well. He's really tall. Yeah. He's, he's strong. He, or he's tall. He's uh he's beefy. You know, he's got some serious physicality and yeah. he can move. So, yeah. I mean, if, yeah, if he just improved on his end product, I think he could be a seriously, Seriously yeah. good asset for the Gunners going forward. So Yeah, I do. I agree with that. And I agree with your rating. Eight out of ten, I think, suitable. I thought he yeah, I thought he was one of the best players on the field last night. Mm. Um Eddie and Ketia is one who divided opinion quite a bit in the game. Yeah. I will say about Nketia, I think he's another player that does have a bright future ahead of him. I think mm. he does need to improve on certain aspects of his game, including the physicality. Yeah, completely um, agree. And and obviously including the finishing as well. Um we were talking mm. about it before we started recording the podcast. He missed about three chances in the game, you know, and Yeah. Should have had a hat trick. Exactly, yeah. And and he's um really the he's well, he is the only fit striker essentially in the squad right now besides Lacazette and Albamiang. So yeah. he needs to be burying those chances if if because there is a a genuine chance that he can be a solid bench player and be coming off the off the bench every single game if he just would finish his chances a little bit better. But yeah, on in the on the Saturday game against Blackpool, he wasn't particularly great. Um, missed a lot of chances. I will say though, he did get in behind quite well on numerous occasions. Yeah. So I probably give. Oh, it's difficult though because he did miss a lot. I probably give. I think a six is a bit high. But I think a five is a bit low. So I'm going to just meet it down the middle. I'll probably give Nketiah a five and a half for the game. That's fair enough. Uh, I do actually want to say a few things about Nketiah in that. When he burst into the scene, we all thought he was going to be exceptional. You know, we thought maybe is this our Marcus Rashford, you know, the way he came on and scored two. Yeah. 
out of nowhere, but he hasn't really progressed. He hasn't got the opportunities. And I, do I see a big future for him at Arsenal? I am, I'm genuinely not that sure, if I'm honest. I think we've seen strikers show potential in the past, you know, the likes of Tuba Akpom, uh, Benica Fobi, and we were really hoping he wasn't another one of them. And I don't know, this season, I think he's been a bit unlucky with some of his chances, but yesterday, the three chances he's really got to put away. Uh, other than that, though, I thought his movement was excellent yesterday. I thought some of his, uh, he was, you know, he's always on the move. He's causing Blackpool problems in his movement. But I'd agree, his physicality needs to get stronger. I think he was, like, he was, he couldn't hold the ball up at times because he wasn't physical enough. He kept getting barged off the ball. That's definitely an area of uh, that he needs to improve on. Yeah, if I'm completely honest, I don't know how much of a future I see for him at Arsenal with Lacazette and Aubameyang above him. Although he will be learning a lot from those two. It's a great uh, two players. He'll be loving every day of training, just learning off those two. Yeah, two brilliant yeah. strikers to learn off when you're a young striker. Yep. And I'd and love to see him come in and you know replace Lacazette and Aubameyang when they can't play any longer. I just don't bad. know how long he can stay at the club uh, not playing because Lacazette and Aubameyang have three years at least probably uh, playing as our first two strikers and yeah Lacazette probably I'd... has a few more than that cause exactly know. yeah and I don't know how long Anketia can stay at the club playing as a third choice striker maybe he has to go out on loan for a few seasons that could definitely benefit him go to the championship get a bit more physical you know start scoring goals build up your confidence maybe he could but I genuinely don't know how much of a future he has at the club but I do really like him and I hope he does but it's quite hard to see that at the moment. It is, yeah, and especially because, like you know, like you were saying, um, Lacazette and Aubameyang just had a writer, just two world-class strikers, and Ketia is mm. not going to get any game time, really, as long as those two players are at the club, aside from the, you know, the every now and then again cup fixture and things like that. But, yeah. Yeah, I, I do agree with you. I think that alone would suit Eddie and Ketia quite well. Yeah. Possibly going to the championship. Yeah, I don't think it would yeah. be intelligent of him to go to a lower ranked Premier League club. Yeah, you you don't get the chances. No. Yeah, it needs I the service. To to a top a... championship club would definitely take him. Yeah, definitely. And I think yeah, I think if he was to go to a top level championship club, that he would probably get quite a bit of game time, and that would certainly teach mm. him. Yeah. The, the, a lot that he has to learn because you know it's like you were saying he right now he has Lacazette and Aubameyang teaching him. And I, I think everybody listening to this podcast is well aware that Lacazette and Aubameyang are two completely different strikers from each other. Yeah. And basically, as when you're coming up through the ranks as a striker, you have to decide, am I going to be, you know, a, a Lacazette, uh, you know, for example, like a Firmino, a ball playing kind of striker mm. that tracks back well and, def- and defends, or am I going to be just an absolute killer and a complete goal scorer like Aubameyang, you know. Yeah, so, or a target man in like a Giroud. Or a Mitrovic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into we'll get that later. That, yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, I think I think him going to the championship would help him exponentially and would certainly help him. It would yeah. help Nketiah find Nketiah and realize who he wants to be as a player. So Yeah, I think uh, there's no doubting he's got electric pace and he's definitely got good qualities. And he is a finisher. You know, we've seen it in in under-21 level for years now. He's a uh, finishing rate. And we've seen it, uh, obviously, in that Norwich game last season. But he yeah. hasn't really kicked on. And you'd have hoped he'd, he would have come into the side now and scored a few goals. But it hasn't quite happened for him. No. And 
stop him. Obviously, it depends on the side, but maybe until the end of the season, see if he goes into the championship. If he does well, maybe he'll have more of a future next season. But at the moment, it's hard to see where he'll fit in in the long term. Yeah, and, and I yeah, I think he just needs to probably look for a loan move because if not, I don't know if you heard um, Tony Adams was talking about it with his horrible suit. Yeah, um, yeah I saw that. <laughs> he was saying, I don't know if it was him or one of the other um, panelists saying it, but mm. if he stays where he is right now, his career is just going to stagnate completely yeah. because yeah. he's not growing really. He's just, he's kind of stuck. You know, and, yeah. and I think him branching out, it doesn't even have to be, let's have it right. You know, let's look at what, for example, Reese Nelson did. Yeah. You know, going over to a different country. Yeah, he, he could go again. to Germany. Yeah. The Germany are, the German clubs value youth and they're going to give so young much. players a chance. So yeah. I wouldn't be opposed to that necessarily either because I think Nketi is a more than capable player of playing in one of the lower ranked German teams. So, yeah, I'd agree. But we'll see, we'll see what happens with Eddie Nketi and we'll, We'll, uh, mm. we'll keep following him. We do love him, and we hope he has a future with us. Let's mm. get into the substitutes. Alexander Lacazette came on in the 64th minute. Mm. What do you give him marks out of 10? He wasn't on for very long. But... Yeah, he wasn't on for very long. He looked very desperate to score a goal, which is understandable. <laughs> uh, he definitely enjoyed the fans singing his name. I, th- I don't know if you've seen the videos. but Yeah, I did. Uh, that was awesome. awesome. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, he was involved in our final goal. Really nice play. Played it into Ramsey. And then obviously Ramsey had the shot, a bit of a toe poke, fell to Wobi nicely. But yeah, he, he came on for 25 minutes. Uh, that second half was a bit difficult for us at times, particularly until the later stages where they were sort of pressing us highly. We couldn't really get anything going like we did in the first half until later in the game when they tired. So there was a period where he, didn't, he wasn't really involved. But in, towards the end, he was involved in quite a lot of what we did well going forward, but I, I think you can only really give him a standard six. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, Zek Medley and uh, Saka obviously oh. also came on very late in the game. Um, yeah. So we'll just give them both each uh, standard six out of ten. Those are yeah. two players, though, that I really do think have a lot, a lot of potential. Yeah, I actually see more potential in Medley than I do in Saka. I, yeah, honest. I agree. Medley is just absolute. I don't know how tall he is, but he just looks... Yeah, he's like really tall. But he's so, also very quick and looks extremely good on the ball for a young centre-half. And that's hard to find. And, and I think mm. that's probably why Emery has kind of let him burst onto the scene because, you know, obviously he yeah. likes playing the ball out from the back. So fair play to Zach Medley. And yeah, I think he has a bright future too. Mm. Um, really- I think... Really good, yeah, really good I think Emery's really trying to sort of bring him in slowly with these sort of cameo substitute performances. And I think he has shown it, even though those little performances where he's come off the bench, you know, against Vorskler, against Karabag and against Blackpool, he's shown what he's got. And I'm really looking forward to him as a potential long... I think we've got quite a few uh, young centre-backs at the club at the moment. but yeah, So it's going to be difficult for him, but I do think he's looking like one of the better ones. Yeah, I think I think him and Holding really kind of uh, yeah. spearhead that. Yeah, I mean, they, but then you've got you've got Mavro Panos, you've got uh, Pleguazulu, uh, you've got however you say it. That's such uh, a hard name to say. Yeah, uh, who's the other one? Christian Belix still at the club, which yeah, uh, surprises me. Still at the club. Chambers, you well. know, we've got we've got loads of young centre backs, and then we've got a few older ones. But 
suppose we could get into that a bit later about outgoings. Yeah, we will. And in fact, mm. we're probably going to get into it right now, Sir Alfie. Mm. Should we talk but, about the Willock thing? Ooh, yeah. Actually, yeah. Let's talk about Willock before we get into yeah. the, the transfers. Well, for those of you who don't know, essentially mm. what happened is this big controversy on AFTV. I know we don't hear the word controversy in AFTV in the same sentence too often, but um, basically young, young guy, you know, looks about our age, went on the platform and just started completely laying into Joe Willock saying that he's not good enough for the club. It was strange. It was strange. What did he, did he shag your missus or something? What's going (laughs) on, man? Like, I don't really understand the, the frustration I mean, yeah. I, I would get it. I, for, okay, let's. I'm going to say this. I know on AFTV, a lot of the things that the fans say, especially after a loss, you have to take with a pinch of salt because yeah. they're being spoken to right after the game. Emotions are high, mm. tensions are high, they're angry, you know. So I, I get it when sometimes after a loss, the fans go on there and they're just laying into players. It's just because they're frustrated. Yeah. But we won 3-0 and Willock was man of the match. Exactly. Uh, it was so bizarre. I mean, I, I, I just don't understand. A young player who's been pretty good, you know, he, I don't really see how any, he can come in for any criticism. When he's played, he's been pretty good. Last season, uh, looked pretty good in his holding role. This season, he's really kicked on playing in a more, uh, more advanced position. I mean, he's just... You know, played an FA Cup game, scored two goals, put in a brilliant performance, and then there's someone there saying he's not good enough. Uh, what? I think he was I, probably, if I looked at it, was one of the young players. He's he's one of the brighter ones for me. I think he's got a bigger potential to play in our team than than Eddie and Ketia, If I'm completely honest, I, I completely agree. I think with Joe Willock, he's at the same level right now. As guys like Reese Nelson, who's obviously out on loan. Yeah. And then Emil Smith Rowe. He's at the higher level of the youngsters, the ones that really do look like they're going to have a future with us. Yeah. So I didn't understand it. I did, yeah, like you said, it just. Really bizarre. It was bizarre. Yeah. I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And why are well, youngsters. If, if, if we'd lost 3 0 and it'd been an embarrassing result and, you know, it'd been a massive cup upset and he was poor. <laughs> Maybe you'd expect it. Still, wouldn't really expect it for a young player, but maybe. Yeah. But he's just been a man of match performance. You're saying he's not good enough for the club. I didn't oh, understand I that it. at all. It was like, uh, I was like, what? Yeah. And also, he's. I mean, he's a young English kid. Yeah. You know, and I, oh god, I just that. First of all, it pissed me off because mm. I I saw the um I saw the uh, title of the video. Yeah. And I think the title is like, you know how Robbie always clickbait <laughs> videos, you know? He's like, Joe Willick is not good enough. All I saw yeah. is Joe Willick is not. And I was like, dude, I swear to God, <laughs> if this guy is laying into Joe Willick, he is a complete and utter buffoon. Yeah. Sure enough, I can confirm he is a complete and utter buffoon. <laughs> I just, it's like, what, what does yeah. this kid have to do to, to satisfy you, sir? Yeah, well, I've seen this guy who did the interview quite a few times uh, when I've seen AFTV give interviews. And I've got to say, when he does these interviews, 
I've never really saw him as no way. Like a lot of his interviews, he appears to try and be a bit controversial to try and get sort of a bit more attention. If I'm completely honest. Oh my god! And th- this is this is a very interesting debate actually because I don't know if you've seen, but Ian Wright has I said. Did uh, see that. Yeah, you saw it. Ian Wright is saying, "Oh, this is uh completely." outrageous don't don't give fans like this a voice don't let him come on the show uh, robbie and robbie came back which is honestly it's it's probably quite a fair point what he says in that you've got to allow fans to have their opinion and that was his opinion and where do you draw the line Do, do can you can you just stop fans coming on because you don't like their opinion or is it their opinion and do you have to accept that that's their opinion and let them come on Personally, like this guy is completely clueless. He comes on every week. He chats so much rubbish, and I just I don't know where to draw the line. I don't know if it's his opinion or if he's just looking for attention. Yeah, and it's, it's I, d- I don't know. What, what do you think about that? Well, okay, like th- this is what I'm gonna say. I think that everybody, I if that is genuinely his opinion, then you know what? I completely disagree with you you are 100% entitled, entitled to your opinion. Yeah. But I don't think it's his opinion. Mm. I think that the problem with AFTV, and I, go, I talk about this on Twitter all the time because I see him. I watch, I watch AFTV pretty regularly. Yeah. And I think that they're a very misunderstood channel. And I yeah. think that Robbie's, perp, Robbie's, Robbie's um, purpose, really, for the channel is – to give fans a voice and it's respectful, yeah. it's admirable, you know? Yeah. But unfortunately what's going to happen with that, and especially with how massive the AFTV platform has become, you know, you mm. see that it's made people like, for example, DT and troops, they're famous now. Yeah. They are. You know, they're, they're entertainers. And yeah. <clears throat> so that kid, I don't know. He looks like he's about 20, you know, we probably, works, probably at, yeah. works at the local Tesco or something. <laughs> and just, and just, is like, I don't, I hate this. You know, I want to be famous. I want to be rich like DT troops and Robbie. So he wants to come Mm. on to the show and be like, say some controversial statement just so he can Mm. be in the limelight and he could get his own channel or something like that. But I think he did it completely wrong and he just really rubbed a lot of fans the wrong way. Yeah. And unfortunately, that is the perception of AFTV to a lot of people in that they don't see them. Like, and I saw a few of the, the regulars, you know, DT, Mo, I think, tweeted about it. You should ignore that one guy because the majority of the interviews will have said that they, 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 they thought Willock was excellent, you know, and they would have seen the light. They would have seen what actually happened and that Willock was yeah. very good and that they, he is good enough for Arsenal. Pretty much everyone probably would have said that. And then there's just one guy who's saying, no, uh, Willock isn't good enough. And that is what's going to stand out to people. That is what is going to be seen by people who don't watch AFTV. They're just going to see the main the main headline interview was this guy slating a young player. And unfortunately, that is what gives AFT the perception by the outer media and just jet people in general don't watch the channel. And that's what they see AFT, AFTV as. At the moment, and it's a shame because that's not what AFTV is. It's a platform that gives fans a voice, but the fans who are most controversial and often sometimes a bit unreasonable are what is shown to other people, and that is a shame at the moment. 
I've actually yeah, spoken is. about this in a video on my own channel. And yeah, it's a problem for, for Robbie at the moment, I do think. And it's it's a shame. It is a shame. And, and, and he's in a difficult position because you don't want to just tell this kid, you know, oh, you can't come on anymore. Exactly, yeah. Because he's, he's there every week, this guy. Exactly. He's there every week. And I, like, cause there's, there's certain people like, okay, for example, um, there's certain people on AFTV that I can't watch because they just annoy me. Yeah. You know, like same, I, I can't watch, for example, Claude, I respect his opinion, but I yeah. can't watch him because he's too negative and it just makes me sad. Yeah, know? I agree. I agree. And I can't, I can't watch that guy. who's on it all the time. I can't watch him because he just, you know, he always seems like he's trying to find a headline. Yeah. I can't, I can't watch Turkish, if I'm honest. Oh, you can't watch. Yeah, Turkish is a Turkish is a bit of a negative Nancy, isn't he? I mean, yeah, always looks like he's trying to find a way to ridicule either Ozil or a Wobi or someone like that. Yeah, and, uh, but I think what AFTV has shown. Oh, by the way, Kalechi is. I can't watch Kalechi. <laughs> he's he's a really nice guy, and I, I think, think he's he funny. A, he has uh, he is funny, and I'll tell you what, he has incredible knowledge of the game as well. Yeah, but. Oh my gosh, I can't, I just, I don't know if it's because maybe I don't, because I live in America. Yeah. I don't live around as many Niger boys, you know, or anything <laughs> like that. So I can hardly even understand them. Really? Yeah. No, I, I don't know if maybe it's because I, I don't grow up around them or whatever, but so that's mm. the only reason I can't watch him out. Cause I'm like, what? <laughs> Fair but, enough. But um, no, the, the guys like Turkish, Claude, even yeah. DT and troops, you know, they have their agendas, you know, they, yeah. And every fan does, to be fair, the only difference is that they're in the limelight. Yeah. You know, and like, for example, DT absolutely loves Granite Jaka. Yeah. For some reason, I don't, Jaka's a good player, but he's not that good, you know, and then mm. troops absolutely hates him. So, yeah. Yeah. AFTV is such a difficult one. And it, yeah. we could we could genuinely make a whole podcast talking, talking about, about AFTV. Yeah, probably multiple. It, it, it pull in the views and the all the That's listens. True. You know what? Yeah, let's title this AFTV. <laughs> 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 no, but <laughs> AFTV difficult. needs to be stopped. <laughs> all caps. <laughs> and then in parentheses, must listen. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it was it is a bit of a controversial. Uh, topic AFTV in general, and especially this mm. kid that talked about uh, Joe Willick. But I think everybody pretty much knows what he was trying to do. So, mm. will he be on AFTV again? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Views, so. <laughs> I don't anyway, know. should we talk about transfers? Yeah, let's let's get off the subject of AFTV. Let's let's talk uh -huh. about some transfers. Uh, well, let's start with the most obvious one, uh, the one that. If, if we are going to sign anybody in January, it's going to be the Barcelona young midfielder, Dennis Suarez. Yeah. I've got to be honest with you, Alfie. I know that you said um, in some messages leading up to the podcast mm. that you have a few things to say about him. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Mm. I do not know anything about Dennis Suarez. Mm. I know that he plays for Barcelona. I know that he's Spanish. <laughs> and that's about it. So what, uh, what are your thoughts on this transfer? Well, I know sort of his career in short and that he he went to Manchester City for a couple of years and it didn't really work out. Obviously, he was very young. He didn't really break into the first team. Went back to Barcelona 
Then he went to Sevilla for a loan, I think, at some point. And then he obviously played under Emery. That's where the relationship started. And I think that's where he really flourished. That's where he earned a move to Villarreal, I think. Then he played for Villarreal, was pretty good for Villarreal. Then he moved back to Barcelona. Barcelona seemed to do that with a lot of players. You think of uh, uh, De La Feu. Fabregas. Seemed to sort of, yeah, Fabregas, get rid of young players, let other clubs develop them, then bring them back. It's like a loan and... that they have to pay for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, yeah, and I think he hasn't got the game time at Barcelona. Obviously, that's no, that's no shame. You know, you're not. It's pretty no. difficult to get no, into that no. side Look at that with midfield, with Ronaldo. Man. Is that uh, Ronaldo? Messi? Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, Arturo Vidal. They've just bought in this summer, uh, so it's obviously got quite difficult for him. And yeah. I think he's a very, very technically gifted player. He started out wide, played quite a lot out wide for Sevilla. That's potentially why we're trying to bring him in. But he can also play centrally, so he's quite versatile, very good on the ball, can drive with the ball, um, you know, got quite a good quick turn of pace, uh, very good passing range. So I think he's a creative player, and I think we do miss a bit of creativity, particularly when Meza Ozil isn't playing. And maybe we see him as a long-term uh, replacement for Meza Ozil because Meza Ozil is being sort of slightly frozen out at the moment. So I think he'd be a good signing. I'll be excited by his signing. And you could say we don't need it if Aaron Ramsey and Meza Ozil aren't going in January, but I think the club may be looking at it as if, um, well, we'll need someone eventually and he might be yeah. cheaper now than buying him in the future. That's and, maybe and what the would... club are looking And he'll provide an option out wide. And just in general, we're lacking a few attacking players at the moment. So, yeah, I think it'll be an exciting signing. Although, there's been news this morning that uh, Barcelona don't want to sell him. Whether or not that's just to push the price up or yeah. they genuinely don't want to sell him, I don't know. But I hope I... we get this one done, if I'm honest. I think uh, first of all, I think we're gonna get it done, and I, th- I think we're probably gonna get it done in January, and it'll probably be our only deal. Yeah. What I've I'd heard agree. is that Barcelona are just trying to play hardball and get as much money as they possibly can get. You know, they're yeah. they're saying figures of about fifteen to twenty million pounds is what yeah, they that's, want. That's nothing for a player of this exactly. quality. Exactly. But and even I mean, let's be honest, they're probably not even gonna get that because yeah. if the player wants to leave that desperately. He's gonna yeah. find a way to leave. So, yeah. so I think I think we will get it in January. I think Arsenal's playing hardball at the moment. They probably only want to spend like something preposterous, something like twelve million, and then <sighs> Barcelona want like fifteen million. We're negotiating yeah. bags of freaking pennies. You know, it's yeah. like just go sign the player, get it done, and then we could just carry on with the rest of our season. Yeah. But, I mean, if what you're saying is true, and he really is as versatile as you're saying, you know, you're saying he could play in a midfield position, an attacking yeah. midfield position, a winger position. I, I would not be opposed to that signing at all. And yeah, from the the few occasions that I have seen him, he looks like he's a good passer of the ball. You know, a typical typical Spanish midfielder, really, if I'm mm. being honest. And I don't, I think that would gel really, really well into Unai Emery's system. So mm. I wouldn't be opposed to the signing at all, especially with. You know, I, I think he's. I heard he's about to turn twenty-five or something like that. Yeah, I think he turned twenty-five yesterday. Oh, he turned twenty-five yesterday. So still yeah. relatively young, has quite a long time left in his career. Yeah. And yeah, I, I wouldn't be opposed to that at all. So and he's and he's cheap, obviously. So because mm. like because we're gonna get into this, we'll get into the winger situation 
Um, mm. I want to see Arsenal splash the cash on a center back and a winger. That's where I want to see the most money spent. Yeah. Because I think yeah. those are the most important positions that we need to fulfill right now because there's just huge voids in both of those places. Mm. Wingers being linked, if you haven't already heard already, I'm sure you have. They're said to be, uh, Arsenal are said to be interested in Nicolas Pepe from Lille. Mm. Price on him has gone up just so much, though, over the yeah. past couple of years. Oh, yeah, that's going to happen. Because Lille is obviously, I don't know if anybody listening is a fan of the French League, but Lille is having an absolutely fantastic season. They're in second place in the league at the moment. Mm. And Nicolas Pepe has, I think it's 12 goals and nine assists or something like that. They might be more now, I'm not sure, but he's mm. having a hell of a season at the moment. So his price has gone up from about 40 million to about 70. So that's ridiculous. It's going to, he's really, let's, I mean, let's have it right. He's 23. And he's had about half of a good season. Yeah, I so agree. I think, I think we need to take – if we're going to pursue Nicolas Pepe – Yeah, I, I, I'm not a big fan of him, if I'm being honest yeah. with you. I've watched him a few times. He's not as good as people think. Yeah. I think the best thing for Arsenal to do, though, if we do want to pursue him, is take a few steps back. Just wait. And just mm. realize that his price tag is about to drop because yeah. he's not worth $70 million. He's not. No. So, other wingers that we're interested in, the, my personal preference is that of Sengiz Under from Roma. Um, mm. Arsenal are said to have bid about £35 million. I don't think that's true. No I don't way. think we put in a bid for £35 million. And if we did, that's embarrassing. Because <laughs> I don't think we're going to get him. I don't either. And Roma mm. is saying that he's worth about 55 mm. So why would we bid £20 million less than they want? But exactly. Arsenal are, yeah, Arsenal are said to have reportedly bid... 35 million pounds. I think that's completely untrue. I mm. do like Sengazunder. He's a really young player. I think he has a lot of potential. But like yeah. you were saying, Alfie, I don't think I don't think we're going to sign him, if I'm being honest yeah. with you. Do you have a preference for a winger that you'd like to see Arsenal bring in? Uh, whilst I talk about the three players I think we should bring in. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so in the by summer... The way, by the way, just to yeah. cut you, I think we could go above an hour. So we're just going to see. If it cuts off... Sorry. <laughs> but... <laughs> But okay. I think we can go above an hour. So. Well, winger, the winger I'd like to bring in, probably looking at the summer, if I'm honest. I don't think we'll get it done in this window. Mainly because I think our transfer budget will be bigger in the summer and uh, we, we just don't seem to sign players in January. It's a very difficult window to negotiate because um, yeah. teams don't want to lose their best players without time to replace them. So... The player I was looking at is Harving Lozano. I've spoken about him before. Uh, I think, that obviously, it'd be a big risk playing in Ajax, uh, playing in the Dutch league. They're very inconsistent. The Dutch league players, it'd be a risk. You know, we looked at, you can look at Memphis Depay, uh, Vincent Janssen, both players who thrived in the Dutch league and then Just were pretty out. awful in the Premier League. Uh, yeah. And then if you look at, the likes of Van Persie and Suarez both came from the Dutch league as well and both were excellent. So you, you never know what you're going to get from the Dutch league, but I do think he's a really good player. Um, we saw it in the World Cup. And yeah, very agile. He can play up front as well, but he's also a natural winger and I think he'd be an excellent signing. You know, he scores goals. I think he's got 15 this season. Wow. And I think if you're looking at 
I, I think we need another a regular source of goals. You know, if you look at all the top sides, they have three or four players who are going to get you at least 10 a season, you know, at True. least get into double figures, maybe even 15. We have two players at the moment, I think. Without Welbeck, we don't really have a third source. Maybe Ramsey, when he plays a full season in his best position, but he's being sort of... He's, he's not really a, a, a prominent figure for us at the moment. So... I think we do need a third source of goals and I think he would provide that. Obviously, it'd be much more difficult in the Premier League, but I do think it'd be a good option, Lozano. Well, I, you know, obviously, as you know, the United States and Mexico, their national teams are... Uh, rivals. Rivals. So, yeah, I've seen quite a bit of Mr. Lozano, not only in his PSV jersey, I've seen him in his, mm. uh, in his green Mexican one as well. And I think he's a fantastic player, if I'm being honest yeah. with you. I think it'd be a really good signing and he probably wouldn't be as expensive as guys like Kunder, Nicolas Pepe, because he is playing over in the Dutch league. But like you said, it is a risk because with the Dutch league, it is like a, it's a 50, 50. He's either going to bomb or he's going to just kill everything and be an amazing player. So, but I will say, I will say with Lozano, I think he, I think he's one of those guys that would come over and probably do pretty well Mm. because I've, we've seen him put in good performances in the champions league. For example, yeah. you know, I know he's in the scoring against Tottenham. So yeah. That's exactly. probably a big reason why, why a lot of Arsenal fans want him. But uh-huh. I wouldn't be opposed to that at all either. Yeah. Um, here, without – yeah, what's, uh, what's the other two players on your list that you'd like to see the club bring in? Uh, definitely, I think people are looking at centre-back. I think that's obvious position. Yeah. The one I've gone for who I think – obviously, I think if we all had a perfect signing, it would be Kaladu Koulibaly, but – yeah, that is incredibly unrealistic with our transfer budget. That is so just my not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. So my personal preference, a player who I think would be excellent, would be Jonathan Tarr from Bayer Leverkusen. Oh my goodness, I always forget about him. Yeah, yeah. brilliant, brilliant. Exactly, yeah. and I remember buying him football manager and him being amazing. So that's probably one of the big <laughs> reasons. He was unbelievable for me. He got like player of the season twice as a centre back, which you don't see, but. Uh, yeah, I think he's he's a brilliant defender. You know, he's he's six foot five. I think he's incredibly big, but he's also not slow. You know, he's quick. He's physical. He's a he's a a, a physical presence, and I think he would really suit the Premier League. And you know, you'd expect someone like him to be you know outrageous money, but he's slightly gone under the radar. And also, uh, what was I going to say? Yeah. Uh, you look at Leno, we got him for 19 million and Leno was seen as a huge potential player and we got him for 19 million. So I think 25 to 30 million for Tar, and I think that would definitely be worth it. So he's a centre-back, yeah. And then the final player, I think we both agree, left-back, we do need to address. Uh, obviously, Monreal, I think his, well, his contract is up this summer, so I'll be looking to shift him on. yeah. And see a Kalasanach, very good going forward, but not great defensively. If we're letting Monreal go, we definitely need to bring someone in. I know you've gone for, I've gone for someone different just to add it, uh, just to change it up a bit. I probably would go for the player you've gone for as well. But mm-hmm. I've gone for Kieran Tierney from, from Celtic, who looks like a very good player. Good very team. versatile, can play centre-back, can play as a left wing-back, can play as a left winger. But also, yeah, very good defensively and very good going forward. Very young. I think he's 21. And obviously, it's a big step up again, but he's got huge potential and he would provide competition to Kalasanach. I think he'd be a good signing, personally. Yeah, I mean, I think 
I wouldn't be opposed to that at all. I, I don't really know much about him here in the States. We don't get um, Scottish football. We don't get the Scottish football. So I've, yeah. I've never personally seen him, but I have heard good things about him on, on Twitter from the Twitter mm. scouts. So <laughs> I wouldn't be opposed to that. And uh, Jonathan Ta, I don't know. He, I don't know how he always goes under the radar. It seems like yeah. every transfer window, people just forget about him. And it's like, exactly. He's, I, he's young. He's massive. And oh, we just went over the hour mark, so we're good. Okay, Woof. I was getting, I was getting a little <laughs> anxious there. Um, no, but yeah, Jonathan Ty is a young guy. He's German, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, he's a young German guy. You know, huge. I think he would be. That would be the ideal center back. I think to go alongside um, a player like Rob Holding. Yeah. Who's good at playing the ball out from the back? You know, and it would just be. I think that would really help solidify our back line. So good shout that, and also Herving mm. Lozano and. Kieran Tierney, but the player that we both agree on, but you, you picked a different one to mix it up a little bit. So respect mm. to you, my G, uh, <laughs> was Ben Chilwell of um, Leicester City, the left back. Yeah. Good player. I mean, Brilliant honestly. Player. So, and, and like you said, we do need a new left back to come in to provide Kalashinak with some competition. Yeah. And also to really, let's have a right to replace Nacho Monreal. I think Monreal yeah. could probably go a couple more seasons, if I'm being yeah. honest. But I think, I think that he could, but his contract's out, so we might as well. Exactly. At 32, do you really want to be giving another long-term contract to a player? Not really. No. Yeah, I mean, just look at, for example, what we did with Koscielny. Exactly. You know, we gave him a relatively long-term contract when he was around that age, and it just mm. has not come to fruition at all. And Yeah, really he was like... outstanding, but he's past it now. And exactly. that was inevitable with the injuries he was getting. Exactly, yeah, and, and we knew that Koscielny was going to have a career that was cut short because of all of his injuries, and exactly. I don't want to have a similar situation with Monreal. I'd rather just mm. have him shipped out and not be taking up all the wage bill. I, I, I'll i be honest with you, for the past couple seasons, last season especially, I think Monreal yeah. probably deserved to win player of the season. Yeah, I thought he was excellent last season, best and, player. And he didn't. And, yeah, and he's versatile, you know, left-sided centre-back. Was probably his best position he's played for Arsenal. Yep, and, and he was he was scoring goals last season. I think he got more than Ozil last season. Yeah, and he's a great servant for the club, and I I don't doubt that he's probably gonna. I've heard that he wants to go back to his. Uh, I, I believe it's Malaga is where he came from. Yeah, yeah, it Spain. is. And he'll probably go see out his career there. Play two or three good seasons over there, and, and yeah, exactly. Ride his horse into the sunset, you know, and. He was a great, great veteran for Arsenal, but I think that Chilwell would be a fantastic replacement for him. And he's young yeah. as well, young and English. Exactly. You know, and we like to see homegrown players in the squad. Exactly, exactly. And I think that, I think that, I'm not even English, and I'm saying this. I think that uh-huh. Arsenal would be pretty, pretty intelligent to sign a few more English players mm. to have more of an influence on the English national team. Because I'll tell you what, Tottenham's influence right now. Exactly. And the English national team is just the most annoying thing on the planet. Yeah. Well, it's worse for me having to support them. Exactly. Like, I can imagine. At least I don't have to support them. Exactly. <laughs> I was cheering Kane's goals in the World Cup. And yeah, that's, that's, it felt a bit odd, but it had to happen. So. Ugh. And then especially guys like Deli Ali. It's like, oh, come on. Oh, my on. God. I hate him. I can't stand him. He's like I a, can't stand him. He makes, him and Dyer. Oh. Him, Dyer, and you know, this guy doesn't even play for Tottenham. Jesse freaking Lingard. I despise him. I cannot, I cannot stand that stupid gif 
of him <laughs> dancing. Yeah. Same. That like it's like United fans still because He's... their club is so hopeless. That is like yeah. the only thing that they have against. They like pull that up. They're like, oh, exactly. It's like shut your mouth. And he's he's just he's just such a cringy character. He's so cringy. He's like an English Griezmann. <laughs> yeah. God, yeah. Oh, I, I can't stand him. Uh, no. But anyway, without uh, let's here. I'll tell you what. This is a good transition. Speaking of players that play for teams that we hate, mm. Toby Alder yeah. Wild. Cheeky 25 million pound bid, maybe even a 30 million pound bid from Arsenal. The new contract that he, uh, that he baked, he didn't really sign it, but there's an obligation that Tottenham put into his previous contract that if his contract's about to run out, they can apply a one year extension to it. But with that one year extension comes a 25 million pound release clause. Yeah. I have maybe it's possible because teams do this, like Liverpool did this with Firmino, obviously. Mm. there's a release clause in there for Firmino that Arsenal can't break the release clause. So maybe, maybe Tottenham did that. the same thing, but I I doubt it. I doubt they were that intelligent. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I would say dude, go in for Toby Alderweireld. Yeah. He is, he's worth 60 million pounds in the current market. Yeah, he probably is. I'd, so, I'd agree with that. So I mean, tw- twenty-five. Uh, you could go over the release clause, and then unless there's a clause in there that says it applies to everybody else besides Arsenal, then yeah, they can't and reject it. It would be hilarious again. It would be, it would be another hilarious. another Sol Campbell, but maybe not quite as good because it's not a free transfer. But <laughs> twenty-five million is essentially free for this quality nowadays, of the player. Yeah, nowadays exactly. twenty-five million is nothing. Yeah. So I would that. I don't even care. Uh, I, will, I will say this, though. Alderweireld, even if he doesn't come to Arsenal, fantastic player. Yeah, but, he is. Of course. But if we, <laughs> if we were to sign him, it would just be the That would be brilliant. It would be all over Arsenal football Twitter as everybody's Abby, and it would just be <laughs> freaking hilarious. Yeah. Rubbing it. Because let's, I mean, let's have it right. Would Spurs ever sign an actual good player from Arsenal? No. Nope. <laughs> and I, just, yeah. I, I really would like to see that. Another good mm. shout for that. I know you're talking about Koulibaly. Pretty unrealistic. Yeah. I got a pretty unrealistic one myself as well. Mm. Another player from Leicester City and Harry Maguire. Yeah. Really, I don't really see that defender. as that unrealistic. No, it's it's not. That one's not as unrealistic as Kaladu Koulibaly, I'll be honest. But mm. he would still probably going for around the price of about 50 million pounds or something. Yeah, that like is that. massively overpriced. And it, and it is massively overpriced then, but you know, he just signed a new contract with Leicester. Yeah. I think it was last year or something like that. That's true. He's got about another six or seven years left on his deal. Jesus. Let's, yeah. Let's have it right. Leicester did that purely to get a shit ton of money for him. Yeah. Because they yeah. Well, that- if someone wants him, then they'll have to pay <sighs> incredible amounts. Exactly. And he's probably, at this moment in time, he's probably the best defender in England. Not in the English Premier League, in the English national team. Yeah, I'd probably agree. Although, John Stones has been pretty good this season as well. Oh, yeah, that's true. John Stones, I actually, I rate John Stones pretty highly. Mm. But, yeah, I think him, Stones, and uh, Stones and Maguire probably, yeah, are the highest rated players on the English Mm. national team in terms of defensively. So, that's a good shout for a defensive signing. And then my third one, me and Alfie were talking about this before the podcast. 
was the man who I love, the Serbian semi, as Rocky <laughs> would say, Mr. Alexander Mitrovic, plan B striker to come in to Arsenal. I, I would love I'll be honest. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have my case, and then I want to hear your opinion on it. Okay. I'd like him because I'm obsessive, if you haven't noticed, about this whole plan B conundrum that's coming yeah, up. target, man. Yeah, because I, I think it is just one of the most insanely stupid things at this moment in time. And it's not really our fault. I'll say that because mm. Welbeck just picked an insanely long-term injury that nobody could have anticipated. Yeah. And we need somebody to fulfill that striker's role on the bench. I don't think I've, – I've gone over this a few times in articles that I've written for Pain in the Arsenal – I don't think that Emery trusts Nketiah enough to have him in that role. So yeah. right now, we have nobody there. So consequently, you know, it puts, for example, Alexandra Lacazette on the bench, which is just criminal, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I don't think you could have a player of Lacazette's quality on the bench, especially considering the fact that we're not Man City. We don't yeah. have this incredible squad depth. It's just because we don't have anything else on the bench to come up and then exactly. change the face of the game. So that's why I, it's, it doesn't even have to be Mitrovic, but I just think that I'm going to be honest with you. Fulham's going to get relegated probably. And I yeah. think that we could probably sign him for about 10 million pounds. If they do get relegated, most, yeah. most big players have release clauses for their mm. team being relegated. I mean, look at Fulham. Fulham is going to be rated if they get relegated. Yeah, I don't right. think they will. You don't think they will? I think they'll stay up. Well, I don't know. Just. Man. They just, if they do, it's going to be just. Because yeah, they they're abysmal forward. defensively, but they can score more goals than most of the other teams around that area. I'll, so. I'll tell you what, man. If they go down with players like Jean-Michael Siri, yeah, Sessegnon, Andre Shirla, mm, Mitrovic. Mitrovic, obviously, and then their goalkeeper's even good, uh, Sergio Rico. So. Yeah. They're going to lose, and they're going to die. So they yeah. have to try their best to stay up. But that, yeah, that's essentially why I'm so in love with the, the thought of Mitrovic. Alex, Alexander Mitrovic, because I think that in terms of a plan B striker, you saw the poll I ran the other day. By the way, the poll got 1,000 votes. I was like, really? what? Yeah, I was like, what the <laughs> heck? But yeah. the, the other options were Salomon Rondon. I don't think he's going to – I heard that he wants to – make his loan move to Newcastle United from West Brom, which I'll be in a permanent one. So yeah. fair play to him. You know, he probably just wants to play in the Premier League, to be honest with you. I'm yeah. sure Arsenal could probably unsettle him. But the other one was obviously Mr. Olivier Giroud. That's who won the poll easily, 70% of the votes. Yeah, who doesn't but love just, Giroud? Exactly. Everybody loves Giroud. But I'll be honest with you, man. I don't think that he's really going to want to come back to Arsenal. Yeah. I think that that ship has sailed. I think he's probably going to want to go back to Montpellier. Yeah. You know, just see out the rest of it. He's, you know, 32 or 30, something like that. You yeah, know? I don't want him back, if I'm honest. I don't, I don't really either. And Mitrovic, I know he looks like he's 48, you know, and he's <laughs> been involved in, like, the Cold War and stuff like that. But in reality, he's only 24 years old, too. So, mm. just a lot, of, a lot of really redeeming qualities for me. That's why I say Mitrovic. Well, I personally probably disagree with you in that – I get what you're saying that it's nice to have this backup striker, you know, this this physical presence, this target man. You can throw him on 
if you're playing against a team that's literally got 10 men behind the ball, you can't break them down, just hoof it up to them. But with our limited budget, it's so limited. I think there are so many areas where we need to address more. I think, obviously, centre-back, we need a centre-back desperately. Um, a winger, we need an actual winger because we have basically no one. I mean, I suppose you could say Wobi Mikatarin, but they're not natural. I know Nelson's coming back, but I still would like to see reinforcements in that area. And we probably will need a replacement for Aaron Ramsey and maybe that's Dennis Suarez, maybe even Meza Ozil if he goes. So with our limited budget, I will be looking to spend other areas. Maybe if we have some money left over, maybe we could make a, a move for Mitrovic or someone in that ilk. But I don't think it's absolutely necessary for us at the moment. No, I, and, I, I, I do agree with that, actually. Yeah, yeah. definitely not a priority. Exactly. And... <clears throat> Also, I do I do agree that um, losing Welbeck's been a big miss. You know, we don't have another option as a striker. I don't think he trusts Nketiah that much. And I think Nketiah needs that loan, as we said. But if we sign like someone like Harving Lozano, I know he's not a plan, he's not a, he's not a target man, he's not an aerial threat, but he can play down the middle. So that will give us another option. As so, long as it was another option, I wouldn't be opposed to it, you know? Yeah. So I don't personally think it's necessary or it's I know I know you don't think it's necessary but I wouldn't be looking to strengthen that area but if we did have some leftover mon- uh, money it would be nice you know if you look at the teams that won the league in the past if you look at the Man City team that won the league a few years ago they had what Aguero, Dzeko, uh, Balotelli and Negredo all pretty good strikers Ridiculous, yeah. exactly and they they normally played one up top they sometimes played two so it would be nice to have that that third option, but I don't think it's necessary personally. No, and it's not necessary. And with our, our club's limited budget, getting back into some of the transfer rumors, I mean, it's just mm. I, I do I do understand what, what you, I do understand what you're saying. And obviously, main priorities are a center half and a winger. Yeah, and we need to splash a pretty a pretty penny on that. You know, we need to splash a significant yeah. amount of cash on it. Left back as well. Left back as well because that's a that's going to be a area that becomes a problem. Mm. Um, but speaking of center backs, this is probably not the one that many Arsenal fans would want. But unfortunately, at this moment in time, it is mm. really the only one that we are even being linked with at all. Yeah. And that is Medi Benatia from Juventus. Yeah, a, a lot of people are predicting that he's gonna have some involvement in the Aaron Ramsey deal. Obviously Aaron Ramsey is mm. going to Juventus. I think it's pretty common knowledge at this point. Um, yeah. Would that really surprise me to see Benatia come in the opposite way of Aaron Ramsey? Not really. That just sounds mm. like a completely Arsenal thing to do. And for them, yeah. it, it just sounds like they would be like, oh, well, yeah, we got Benatia, so everything's okay now. But fact of the matter is, in my opinion, I, I would take him. It's just because our defense right now is so yeah. bad. Yeah. But he's 31 years old. He's knocking on. There's a reason he doesn't start for Juventus. Granted, Juventus's defenders ahead of him are just fantastic. You know, it's obviously Chiellini and Benucci. But, mm. I mean, I, I don't think he's the right signing, if I'm being honest. What do you make of this rumor, Austin? Uh, I like I like Benaccio. I think he's a... He's a very good centre back. Um, watched him in the World Cup for Morocco, and he looked pretty good. I've seen him play for Juventus in the past, uh, by Munich, 
he's never really been their first choice at either club. But if I'm if I'm honest, I, yeah, I don't. He's not a long term signing, is he? He's 31. He's not really gonna. He's, he's, yeah, yeah. I'd I'd be looking at someone like Jonathan Tarr over him, but if we were to be offered him on loan till the end of the season, I would definitely I would not be opposed to that. Uh, yeah, because we're so dire at the back at the moment. We're so limited in options. You know, we've got Mustafi, who we all know, he's pretty terrible. Yeah, uh, he's he's not good enough. Let's be honest. He's had the opportunities now. He's he's so inconsistent. It's just we can't rely on someone that inconsistent. Uh. Socrates, I think he's a very good defender and I think he's got a future. But then Koscielny's passed it and then the rest of them are youngsters, obviously, holdings out. So I've taken him on loan till the end of the season and then in, because obviously our budget's so limited at the moment, and then in the summer, look to reinvest in someone who's got a lot of potential and is already very good centre-back, someone like a Jonathan Tarr. And that brings me on to the outs. Yeah. I've actually got a list of players I've been looking to get out of the club. Uh, where is it? Let me just find it. Yeah, let's go one by one and I'll tell you if yeah. I agree or disagree. How about that? Yeah. So, well, I'll start with the centre-backs I was just talking about. Mustafi and Koscielny. For me, Koscielny, I think he's got one year left after this. You've got to get rid of him. Give him a good send-off. He's been a great servant, but he's he's no longer got what it takes and I think he's got to go. He's off the pace now. He's got too many injuries. He's 32. Mustafi as well for me. He's had three years now. Well, is this his fourth, third year? I think, I think. This, is a, this is like his fourth, I think. Maybe it's see. his third. One, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I think it's his third. Oh, it's his third. Okay. And Still, he, though, he, not he, good enough. yeah, he, he's had some good performances here and there, but he's not good enough. Those two I'd be looking to get rid of. And then bringing in Jonathan Tarr personally, although there are other options, obviously, to play alongside Socrates and Holding, obviously battling out. That would be good competition. It would be really good for Holding. And then we'd have the youngsters, obviously, coming through. So, yeah, what do you think of Mustafi and Koscielny? I completely agree with that. I think Koscielny, like you were saying, on his, on his day a few years ago, you know, was one of the best defenders in the Premier League. But yeah, that time's come and gone, and it's time for him to go. I mean... Mm. His contract, like you said, is running out soon. So, I would say, yeah, go ahead and go ahead and get rid of get rid of Laurent Koscielny. And then Mustafi, mm. it's his third season, um, not his fourth. Yeah. So, I mean, he's obviously probably still got a year or two left on his contract. We could probably get mm. some money out of Mustafi, if I'm being honest. Yeah, twenty million, I think. Fifteen. Yeah, probably about fifteen, twenty million. I would say that's mm. that's feasible. I, I'm certain that some team in Germany would probably pay that to have a. German World Cup winning center back. Granted, he doesn't really play like one, but <laughs> I mean, it would still be nice to, for them to have one. So, yeah, I, I actually completely agree with that. Koscielny, yeah, mm. passed it. Contract's mm. going to run out, just probably going to leave for free. I don't think anybody would buy him anyway. Mm. And Mustafi, yeah, let's let's go. Let's sell Mustafi. Let's get let's get some cash out of him because yeah. obviously our board is too frugal to, to invest exactly. any of their own money. So I agree completely. Uh. And then I think there's five players whose contracts are running out. Petacek, Stefan Lichsteiner, obviously that was a one-year deal. Uh, Aaron Ramsey, Nacho Monreal and Danny Welbeck. I think two of them, you can say for pretty much, well, you can pretty much guarantee that they're both going. Ramsey, we know, and Lichsteiner, we can pretty much guarantee he's not going to get a new contract. I think it was always the plan to only have them on a one-year deal. 
The other three, I can't see their contracts being renewed, particularly Petr Cech. I mean, 36 now, he's no. surely he's going. He's I'd be completely fine for us to promote Emmy Martinez to number two. I think he's been waiting for ages now. Yeah, and I think he's good he's enough. Stayed, he's stayed, yeah, exactly. he's stayed loyal throughout all this. I, I think he completely deserves being brought up to number two. Yeah, and then, yeah, Lichtsteiner, Czech, Ramsey, we can pretty much say that they're gone. Montreal, we talked about it earlier. I can't see him getting a new contract now. Maybe a one-year extension, but he's already shown signs this season that he's he's getting a few injuries now. He's he's in and out of the team a lot, and that's sort of reminiscent of Koscielny last season. So do we make the same mistake and keep him for another year? For me, I, I don't know. I think he could have another season in, but I wouldn't take the risk. I'd look to reinvest. But bringing someone younger now to grow them and yeah. give them, you know, they got more potential. And the last one, Danny Welbeck, we've said in the past, I don't think he's going to stay. I think Danny Welbeck's gone. No, I think his time has come and gone. Exactly. So that that's five players gone. What do you think of all of them? Um, Check. Let's start off with him. His age, mm. like you said, 36 years old. I think Emery has even made it relatively common knowledge now at this point that he's check is probably not going to get another contract mm. and I, I he's 36 you know what can you say I mean he had a fantastic career but yeah it's time yeah it's time for him to to move on um Lichsteiner mm. <sighs> I don't I don't understand that signing man I just I just don't I, 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 I do. think it, it it helped Bellerin I'll say that much. yeah it did and he was free yeah and he's not on insane wages or anything so i guess i partially understand it but 34 years old got a one-year deal you know i think everybody knew pretty much from the get-go that he wasn't going to was not going to get that contract extension i you know what's funny what i want to say about lichsteiner though when he first bursted onto the scene with the gunners i all the commentators everybody on AFTV, all the pundits were all saying oh you know he plays like he's 28 it's like yeah a 28 yeah. that has two broken legs. Like, he no, didn't. he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> like, he has uh, no A lot of people were saying, play him instead of Bellerin. It's like, yeah. are you are you high? <laughs> like, like, no. That, that he's, he, he never did play like he was 28 for his whole time. Mm. But, you know, granted, he is 34. I think he did probably teach Bellerin quite a lot. I'm not yeah. sure if this new Bellerin that we're seeing comes down to Unai Emery or Stefan Lichtsteiner, or possibly even a combination of both. Yeah, I think it's a combination of both. So, I mean, fair play to, fair play to the Swiss international. He did, he did do a job for us for this, for this one year, but yeah, I would not extend his contract. Mm. Um, oh, oh, Ramsey was obviously the one that you mentioned and everybody yeah. knows at this point, just common knowledge that he's, he's going to be leaving. Um, mm. Monreal, you know, I think, mm. I think he does have a couple more years left in him, but I don't think those couple more years are going to be with Arsenal. Mm. The Premier League is just too quick, and he's aging, so it's going to just – it's not going to work out. Mm. I think it, it will be a similar situation to Shelney if we do extend this contract because, like you were saying, he has been picking up some injuries and things like that. So I would yeah. agree with Monreal as well. Welbeck, same thing. Welbeck, I think, has been a really good servant to the club. Yeah. Um, He's been here for a while now, you know, probably about five years or something. Five like years, that. yeah. So, he, you know, he has been a good servant, but on in his time at Arsenal, he has been just extremely injury prone. 
Yeah. Um, you know, he's just picked up multiple, like, 10 months. Three injuries. huge injuries. Three. It's just like, period. whoa. Yeah. It's, it's, and it's upsetting because I think he is a good player. Yeah, you know, he I is. Think, like, he's, he's a really hard worker. He's not a great finisher, but he's a really good guy to have come off the bench and things like that. So, yeah. I'm upset to see him leaving, but I think he is going to leave. Probably go to a lower ranked club. So. Mm. Uh, also on my list, I had Carl Jenkinson. I think that's probably agreed that he's probably going to leave. Said it earlier. Yeah, I agree. Uh, rest of the list. Uh, let me go down. El Nenny. Uh, we said it earlier. I think we'd be looking to get rid of him now. We've got a lot, a lot of other options. You know, Nathan Niles, Willock. Let them play a bit more time. I think you do you agree with that? With with El Nenny, was it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do agree with that. Um, mm. and like we were saying earlier, he's one of the few players that would probably actually bring in some sort of fee, some yeah. sort of cash. Not a lot, granted, but he would bring in some sort of money. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I would agree with that. I would sell many. And, and Jenkinson as well. Yeah. Probably probably get rid of Jenkinson, just bring in another right back altogether. I wouldn't, I'm not sure if there's any you, – you might know better than me. I'm not sure if there's any solid mm. right backs coming up through the youth system at the moment. I don't but think I, there is. Dang, that sucks. Because oh, there's there's um, Aussie Tutu. Aussie Tutu? How's he? Yeah. Uh, I think he's nineteen. Nineteen. But he he was in the preseason tour and he looked quite good. So. Okay. See, yeah, I wouldn't be but, opposed to something like that. Yeah, I I would be fine with that, but I don't know how ready he is. Uh, there's been talk of Wambisaka coming, but Wan-Bissaka. that'd be quite expensive from Palace. From Palace. Yeah, he's he looked very good this season. Yeah, problem with that is, is you know, Crystal Palace. I know they're relatively low ranking club, but they are mm. a pretty well run club. Yeah. Um, their transfer policy is good. Let's have it right. I mean, they they don't sell players yeah. for a low fee. Wilfred so, yeah, Zaha. Like, exactly, Wilfred Zaha. Wilfred Zaha is worth about 30, 40, maybe fifty at the most yeah. million pounds, and they're just talking about numbers like seventy or eighty. It's like That's ridiculous. Okay. Yeah, but it's because he has like a six-year contract with him, so you can't really mm. even. But yeah, I think Basaka would be an excellent signing, but like you said, would be insanely expensive. So mm. I wouldn't be opposed to to somebody being promoted through the youth because uh, Jenkinson, I think, you know, obviously, he's a, a lot of fans like him because you know we can relate to him. He's an Arsenal fan. Yeah, but you don't see me playing right back for Arsenal, <laughs> you know. So yeah. Uh, final two I've got on the list, quite big names. Yep. Maybe controversial. Meza Özil and Henrik Mkhitaryan. For me, I've I've written about it, and I've talked about it. Meza Özil, I love the guy. I think he's a brilliant player on his day, but his day is not regular enough. And no. when the manager doesn't fancy him, when the manager is freezing out your most expensive player, I mean your your biggest name, your your, your player who's on the biggest wages, you know, he, he's a brand Meza Ozil. If you remember the preseason tour games, you know, when he came on in Singapore, that was that got the biggest cheer of all. He, he's a brand, he sells shirts, he brings in money for the club, which is why I think he may stay for quite a long time. But for me, if the manager doesn't fancy him, if the manager doesn't see him fitting into his system, he has to go. Henrik Mikatarian, 
I just don't think he's good enough. I think he's he's a he's a decent player, but I don't think he's good enough for the Premier League. He's too weak. He's not quick enough, and he doesn't have the impact in games you'd like a player of his of of his ability. He has got the technical ability, but not the the physicality to play in this league, and he doesn't have the impact you'd want him to have. So I'd be looking to shift on Henrik Mkhitaryan as well, particularly if we bring in a winger. Yeah, I, and I agree. I think that the problem that Arsenal have at the moment, and it certainly looks like Unai Emery is trying to address it, is mm. we have too many number 10s. Yeah. We have three number 10s at this moment in time, and Ramsey, Ozil, and Mkhitaryan, who, and Mkhitaryan I don't think is, that is good enough to be a number 10, but I think that is his preferred position. Yeah. So we have three number 10s at this moment in time that are on over 100,000 pounds a week that all think that they should be starting. Mm. And that's just, that's a problem. And I, with, with regards to the Ozil, the Ozil situation, I think Emery mm. wants him to go. I think Emery wants to sell him because let's have it right. Ozil does not fit in with Emery's system at all. Yeah. Like you were saying, yeah. he won't press. That's not, that's not to discredit Ozil or anything like that. He's yeah. never pressed. Yeah. He's just not that kind of footballer, but with the system that, Unai Emery wants to implement a player like Ozil just starts to become a liability at that point. Yeah. Because he's not, it's like, it's like being handed a bicycle and being told to go across the world. You know, it's like, it's like, yeah, I'm sure I could get use out of this bicycle, but I can't go across the world with it. So, (laughs) I mean, honestly, I, I love Ozil. And I, I was yeah. telling you the other day, he's what made me fall in love with football. Because really? I was watching yeah, I swear. It was it was um I don't even remember what game it was, but it was during his time at Madrid and mm. I was watching one of the friendlies. At that point, you know, I liked football, but I didn't love it. You know, I would turn it on every now and again. Yeah. Um I watched him in this friendly and I remember it was hilarious because Karim Benzema who's obviously still at the club, I have no idea how. <laughs> um had like literally seven times he was off sides or something like that. <laughs> and it was like, Ozo was just fluid, just making chance after chance after mm. chance, you know, and it was just beautiful to watch. And I just don't think we've ever got that out of Mesut Ozil at his time at Arsenal. Yeah. And I, I don't know if that's to his fault. I think it is to a certain extent because he's not quick enough or strong enough for the Premier League. But I also think the Premier League is just a little bit too much for him. I think, because I'll be honest with you, man, I think if Oza was to, for example, let's say he went back to Schalke, his boyhood club in the Bundesliga. Yeah. I think he would just destroy it there. Because yeah. it's, a, it's a lot more expansive. You know, there's a lot more room for Ozil to, to display his brilliance. But mm. in the Premier League, fact of the matter is more often than not, we're going up against a team, going up against teams like, I know Stoke City obviously now is relegated, but mm. we're going up against teams like Stoke, you know, that are just, they have Physical. 10 men behind the ball. Yeah. And I think he can flourish in those games. You saw his pass for Kolasinac against Burnley. But That's I think true. it's that more the, the physical element of it. He doesn't have the physicality or the intensity to play yeah, he in just this gets league. Smashed. He just gets yeah. smashed. Anytime a, I mean, could you imagine, imagine this is what happens in training. Imagine Ozil against Socrates. <laughs> he probably just yeah. gets smashed, you know, and it's just, I think Ozil is a fantastic player and, and anywhere that he goes, and this is what's, this is what's upsetting. I know he's going to succeed 
Yeah. But it's just, at this moment in time, it's not what Arsenal need. Arsenal are not in a position where they can have a luxury player because yeah. we're going through a rebuilding process. And the, the fact that he's on 350,000 pounds a week, I don't like to bring it up all the time. But what I yeah. will say is that that was just a huge fuck-up from the board. Yeah. Because now it's completely fucked. Yeah, we, our, we can't shift him on. Structure. Yeah, we, yeah, we can't shift him on. It's completely demolished our any kind of wage structure that we have. The second highest paid player is Lacazette on 200000 a week. Really? Yeah, 200000 a week, for, which is pretty high. That's probably what the highest should be at the club. Yeah. And Ozil is almost double that, which is just preposterous, you know. I mean, look yeah. at, for example, you look at Man City's wage structure. It's phenomenal. Yeah. You know, I mean, the reason I, – I know that Sterling was just given a, a pretty big new contract, but the mm. reason for that was because players like Kevin De Bruyne also have big contracts. Yeah. You know, so they have some sort of structure within the wage, you know, wage budget that we don't have because yeah. of Mesodozo. So I, I think that in terms of finances and in terms of play style – I think that it would be the smartest move. Yeah, probably move Mesut Ozil on. Mm. And then for Mkhitaryan, uh, I, I'll be honest with you, man. I, I, I would probably sell him too because, I, mm. like you said, I don't, think he's, I don't think he's quick enough and I don't think he's strong enough for the Premier League. But I'll be mm. honest. I think Unai Emery really rates him highly. Yeah. He seems like yeah, he, he likes him. He does fit the pressing style and like, he does work pretty hard. Yeah, and maybe I don't know if maybe that's because he doesn't have anybody else that'll do it. Yeah, but he also doesn't have many other wingers. So yeah, so it could be down to that. But also, it might just be you and I, Emery Rayson, because I mean, I know obviously Mkhitaryan right now is going through this pretty serious injury that he got, and you know, yeah, get well soon to Henrik Mkhitaryan. But before the injury, Mkhitaryan was playing most games. Yeah, I th- you know? I think it was more because of the lack of options, though. Most likely, yeah, and, and Ozil's apparent injuries and things like that, you know. Yeah. So it, yeah. It, it is upsetting that two players that massive are on that list. But when I saw that list, I'll be honest with you, the the partial Ozil lover in me got pissed off at you, and I was just going to block it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, um, I, I was like, oh, I don't like to see that name there. But then I really, you know, you have to step back from your agenda for a second. Like I was saying earlier, all fans of any kind of team, not just football. Have an agenda. Have an agenda. They have their favorite players. When I take a step back and I look at Arsenal as a whole and I see what Mm. Unai Emery is trying to to implement within the team, Ozil doesn't fit the criteria. Yeah. Yeah. And looking at it in general, that is 11 players that we think will be shifted out. 11. Like, like I, I don't know if the club yeah. will do that because we're known think... for not being a particularly ruthless club. We just let players stay at the club even if they're not playing. And we're not that ruthless. That list, out of that yeah. list, the only ones that will survive, and I Mkhitaryan. don't agree with this, I think Mkhitaryan will survive. I think Oza will survive too. And yeah. I think El Nenny will survive. Yeah. Other than that, Czech, Jenkinson, Lichsteiner, Monreal, Koscielny. Oh, actually, and you know what? Mustafi will probably survive too. 
Yeah, I think Mustafi will. Check Jenkinson, Lichsteiner, Koscielny, Monreal, and Welbeck. I think it's been made fairly obvious from the club that they don't have a future. Yeah. I'm Ramsey. I'm Ramsey, obviously, yeah. Ramsey yeah. going to Juventus, which is just let's, – let's talk about that a little bit, then we'll wrap it up. That's okay. just diabolical. That is just a disgrace. It is abysmal from our, from our contract team and all the people who do recruitment. That's just and embarrassing. I think Gazidis has to take a lot of blame for that. And I think Wenger potentially a bit because yep. they ha- they ha- you have to – even looking at Ramsey and Welbeck, Ramsey, if he'd, if he'd had three years on his contract, 40 or 50 million, he could have got him. So. Probably about 50 million pounds, yeah. Exactly. Welbeck, 20 million at least. About 20 million, yeah. That is 70 I mean... million – Exactly. 70 million that we've just let go because we haven't tied people down to contracts. And with our budget, imagine we'd been able to spend 70 million on a centre-back. That would have lifted us up. If, if we'd be able to spend 70 million on centre-back and it was someone of Koulibaly's stature and his ability, that would have elevated the team's performances massively. And now we have to spend probably twenty million or fifteen million on a centre back because we've just let the likes of Ramsey and Welbeck go because we know our owner doesn't invest anything. He doesn't put his own money in. So we have to generate our own funds by selling players. Ah, oh, it's just it's a, it's a joke. It's a joke. It's a, it is a complete joke because and you look at, for example, one of there's a reason, there is a reason that Liverpool are at the top of the league right now. Yeah. Because they are an extremely, extremely well-run club. Yeah. They look at how much they just cooped up for Dominic Solanke. Nineteen million. Nineteen million pounds? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Benteke, Welbeck, thirty million. That is just ridiculous. Yeah. Welbeck is a better player than I would say both of them. Yeah, definitely. And we were we're even if we did have him on a contract. Say we, say we had him yeah. for like a year. We'd probably get rid of him for like five million. You know, have, you, like, have you heard the Ospina things? Three oh million. Oh my God. Three million pounds for an international goalkeeper. If, he's, if the, you, he's the Colombian goalkeeper. Exactly. And he's been exceptional. Did you see his performance against Liverpool in the Champions League? Yeah. Oh my, he was, he was brilliant. He was, he was better than Alisson. Alisson got all the praise because he made that save that literally just hit him. But Ospina made several brilliant <laughs> saves and he got no praise. And we're letting him go for three million. Three million. Yeah. At that's the very least, ten million. million. At the very least. That is at the very fucking least. Yeah. And that is just embarrassing. Because, and I'll tell you what, you know what's fucked up? This is what I've been, I didn't even bring this up. But, for example, Taylor Navas. Yeah. Uh, Real Madrid, let's have it right right now because Courtois came in there. And I, I'll be honest, I think Courtois is a massively overrated goalkeeper. Really? But I just, yeah. I just don't. I mean, I don't really rate him that highly. Fair enough. Kurt, uh, Taylor Navas. I mean, he's going for he's thirty two, I think it is, or something like that. And yeah. He's going for fifteen million. Yeah. He's not even. I just, I don't get it. I don't get it, and I don't get yeah. how poorly. Our club is run. It's just a joke. It's a joke, yeah, man. It is. I mean, I'm, I'm sure we could go all day ranting about Stan Kroenke. And you know what? We'll probably wow. have a future episode talking about 
Let's Stein do that. Kroenke. Let's do that in the future. Let's talk about yeah. certain things that have happened under Stan Kroenke's regime that has just not reflected the values of Arsenal and has just shown yeah. how poorly run of a club we are. He's just a, he's just a cunt. He is. And with that note, is. with with that note, calling him calling Mister Kroenke with his little stupid pencil mustache a cunt. Uh-huh. We're gonna call this pot because Alfie. Yeah. Seven more seconds. We have officially hit the 100-minute mark. Yeah. Gone an hour. Boom. An hour and 40 minutes. Great podcast. Mm. Apparently, they don't get ended at the hour mark, so. That's good. I guess that's uh, that's good, yeah, because me and you both have something in common. We both talk too much, but that's, yep. I guess, a, a, a good thing considering we're podcasters, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But, but Alfie. It was a pleasure, man. Always is. Um, it was a pleasure, if yeah. If you're still listening, if you have the attention span to listen to an hour and 40-minute podcast, <laughs> we do appreciate it. As you probably have already predicted, Alfie has become a mainstay on the podcast. Yeah. And that's awesome. Awesome, man. Welcome along. And we got the new, we got the new logo up. But yep. more importantly, we got the new Twitter page up. Yep. We're up to, I think, 32 followers it was Something last like time I looked. Next target, one mil. <laughs> Next target, one million. We're going to just destroy every other Arsenal podcast. No, you know what? Every other podcast. We're coming, we're coming for you, Arscast. We're coming, we're coming for you, Arscast. We're just, we're coming for, you know, we're coming, we're coming for Joe Rogan. That's who we're going <laughs> for. We're hitting that level. Yeah, true Jordy. Right? Yeah, we're getting the, the top level. We are. We're going to be known as the podcast. We are. Not even just the Arsenal podcast, which which we already are. We're yeah. going to be known as the podcast. It's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Inevitably. Inevitably. So go go follow that page on Twitter. It's called the Arsenal Cannon Podcast. Uh, the at of it is just Cannon Podcast. I can't believe that was available. <laughs> That's awesome, yeah. but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, follow, follow, Alfie on, follow Alfie on Twitter. Obviously, he's got a YouTube yep. YouTube channel as well, ACTV. Yeah, um, we're both aspiring journalists trying to yep. find our trying to find our trade in the industry. Um, <laughs> follow me on Twitter at Daniel Fenton. Uh, I don't really, I'm not really making YouTube content anymore. I think I'm gonna more so divert my focus onto the the podcasting thing and make this yeah. as good as it could possibly be. Um, That's good. And yeah. An hour and 42 minutes, so I thank you all for coming along. Alfie, thank you for talking to me for an hour and 42 minutes. <laughs> funny, funny story before we, before we end this. We, we, <laughs> we had this little phone call through Anchor. Yesterday, yeah. Yeah, and it went on for about 40, probably about 50 minutes, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Would have been like a perfect podcast length, except we were not talking about Arsenal at all. No, it was so, meant to be the sort of pre-call to talk about what we're going to be talking about, which normally lasts about five, ten minutes, but yeah, it just sort it of just swayed, like, swayed different direction. We're mates, bro. That's what it is. Yeah. We're, we're yeah. homies now. So, so we, we get on exactly. well. And, you know, now, I mean, obviously, if you, if you listen to the evolution of our podcasting, the first one yeah. was... It's been a long journey. Yeah, it's been a long journey, especially this yeah. podcast. <laughs> it's been uh, been a long journey, man. And uh, the first one was a bit awkward. You know, we didn't know each other well. Yeah. But now we know each other well, so we're yeah we're providing you 
with the best possible audible experience exactly that you could have ever imagined so and maybe in maybe in the future we'll have some new uh new guests who knows who knows probably ian wright you know Tia yeah Henry. i mean i don't know but yeah i emery Una emery it's flying <laughs> that would be the dream come on our podcast yet. good evening <laughs> good evening <laughs> i fucking love that man and i love all you listeners and i love you too alfie thank you all for tagging along we'll it's see been a you pleasure it's been a pleasure speaking with you man we'll see you probably sometime this week or sometime next then mm. we'll, we'll discuss the west game. ham what, game. what game's coming up west ham we didn't even do a pre-game analysis of it imagine uh-huh. if we would have done that we would have been two hours talking on the phone till midnight so <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate you all for coming along and I'll see you next time. So peace. Bye.